Welcome to the Man to Man podcast. Back for Friday's episode, the best episode, the best podcast, and the great, the gorgeous voice that you're currently hearing right now. That is I, Kelvin Dooley, and the annoying voice that I am going to introduce my buddy, my friend, first name Trey, last name Vaughn. I call him Big Time TV. Trey Vaughn, what's going on? Annoying. Annoying, oh yes. Very God. annoying. At least- <laughs> At least I got a Mountain Dew, man. I'll just sip on my Mountain Dew while you call my voice annoying. Yes. Well, hey, look, and that's probably why your voice is annoying. Look, guys, as long as I've, I've, I've known Trey, and which is a very long time, the man drinks Mountain Dew when he awakens for breakfast, for lunch, for brunch, for supper, and for a late night snack, like Mountain Dew is consistently being consumed by this man, and I don't know why. Absolutely, look, it's God's juice, so I'm gonna keep drinking it. Keep drinking it. I don't blame you, man. If it, if it's God's juice, drink up. Hey, on this show, we like to celebrate national holidays. Every day is a national holiday. Uh, just a few that stood out to me, Trey. Um, national Picnic Day, Picnic Day is today, Friday, April 23rd. Shakespeare's Day, National Pig. Pigs in a Blanket Day. Uh, what else? National Skipping Day. Both of those last two are for tomorrow, Saturday. Um, for Sunday, National Kiss and Makeup Day. Uh, National Hairstylist Appreciation Day. National Hug Your Plumber Day is a very hilarious one. And finally, National Pet Parents Day. Trey, I know you to be a pet parent. And um, I know you're not hugging plumbers, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not too big on hugging plumbers. They, they deal with some pretty nasty stuff on a daily basis. So maybe they can get a hug when they get home. Yeah, for sure. Look, and look, I, I, I was I was saying pre-show, um, I, I think I'm willing to try National Pigs in a Blanket Day. I don't think I've – I've never been a big fan of corn dogs, uh, 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 hot dogs really wrapped around bread outside of a hot dog bun. Um, but I think I would try a hot dog bun wrapped in a croissant or I don't know what this is, a bagel, of a, a, a biscuit. Yeah, yeah, more more like a croissant or a biscuit, but uh, yeah, no, they're good. You you definitely need to try one for you know, sure. It, it's nothing crazy, but it's a good little snack. Coming up on today's show, I tried to even the score in our Friday installment of Dad Jokes. We choose the better rivalry between Padres, Dodgers, or Mahomes and Brady, and is Lamar Jackson really the best player under twenty five in the NFL? But let's begin the show with Tom Brady. Uh, showing, expressing his disgust for the new NFL rule uh, where the NFL adopted basically allowing players to have more flexibility when it comes to their jersey numbers. Tom Brady went on his Instagram and said, or Twitter, but either one, who cares, one of his socials and said, good luck trying to block the right people now, going to make for a lot of bad football. Trey, your thoughts on the rule change and Tom Brady's comments? Um. I'll just jump straight into Tom Brady's comments. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, I guess I get what he's saying, but stop crying, Tom. Stop, stop. Like, what? How much of a difference is this really going to make? You know who the opposing team is. You know by by the jersey they're wearing. Who cares what number they're wearing? Like, like when those offensive linemen do, do they really just stare at numbers when they go up there to block the defensive linemen? I'm pretty sure. They go based off of position and what the play is that that the offense is running. Um, 
does the number really make it that much harder to block someone or to play the game? I, I don't know. I, I just don't think they pay that much attention to numbers on uniforms, but maybe they maybe they pay a lot more attention than I thought. Yeah, maybe so. And look, I'm not a big fan of the rule change. I, I don't really care. But if I had to choose a side, I'm not a fan of it. I think I like that the NFL has or had stricter rule numbers, like certain positions could only wear certain numbers, because yeah. it is going to be a little reminiscent of college. So I don't like the rule change. But I also don't like Tom Brady being the one complaining about it as well, similar to you. But this is why I think he's complaining. I only think he's – he, he has a gripe. It's because the Kansas City Chiefs introduced the road. <laughs> That's the only reason I think he gives a damn. If this came from the Patriots or the Dolphins or Bengals, hell, even the Carolina Panthers, I don't even think he has a gripe. But the Kansas City Chiefs did it. I think that's where his real issue is like, whoa, I just stumped these guys and all of their jersey numbers. I can care less if they – they're presenting rule changes like this. Oh, and not the only did they present it, but it got passed and approved. Go to hell, Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL. I think that's right, and I don't like it, Brady. And we're gonna get we're gonna get more into Brady later in the show, but he has to be better. Like pick and choose your battles. This is not the battle for Brady to be picking and choosing. Like I know yeah. he's, but get over it, you big baby. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's where I stand. Like, like what a weird thing to complain about and, and get so adamant about on on social right. media that, that you dislike but um I, I get where he's coming from like i said like, like like it makes sense but it just seems like a really weird thing to be complaining about like whatever but i will say it would it would look weird if a linebacker was wearing number 10 you know it would be it would be weird to see that um and and i think that's part of the the rule change is that like linebackers can wear like one through 59 now on yeah. top of on top of the other numbers that they were already you know slotted for, so it would be yeah. very weird seeing a linebacker wearing number ten. But you know, if if that's the number they like, then whatever, right? Like I don't, sure, I don't right. really think I don't really think it affects the way the offense run, plays their game. You know, I I don't think the offensive lineman's going to be like, oh wait, he's wearing number ten. Like, nah, you can tell that that's Von Miller wearing number ten and not some tiny little cornerback or safety or something. You know, so. Yeah, my final word, he, he also said, not also, but he, again, he said that it would make for a lot of bad football. Well, you know what? I would love to see bad football bad football from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this upcoming season. You're yeah. damn right, Brady. If it makes for bad football, let it be you playing the bad football. You know, yeah. you know, you know, so. <laughs> okay, so we've got Lamar Jackson and uh, the fact that Bleacher Report called him the best um, player under 25 in the NFL. Uh, they gave a list of a top 25 at least. I, I checked that out. I don't know if they if they you know went even further than, than top 25 on players under 25, but I did check out the top 25. Um, I think it was a good list, man. There were plenty of good names on there. Uh, what are your opinions on Lamar being the top player under 25 in, in terms of Bleacher Report? So – I'll give you the top five, okay. and you just tell me who's missing or where stands out before I get to my thoughts. Lamar Jackson being one, Josh Allen being two, Kyler Murray of the Cardinals three, Jair Alexander, corner, Green Bay Packers four, 
DK Metcalf five. Now, look, I, I'm not opposed to that top five, but I disagree that Lamar Jackson is number one. I think Josh Allen proved enough this past season and the in the improvements that he made to garner that number one spot. Lamar Jackson, I didn't really see a lot of – I seen subtle improvements, but I didn't see like a leap that Josh Allen took. And some of that is his improvement. Some of that is the system or the additions like Stephon Diggs. But nonetheless, Josh Allen got into the AFC title game, right? I know Lamar MVP, but hasn't gotten out of the what the first, the divisional round. I think in his two postseason appearance, three postseason appearance appearances, Josh Allen, Josh Allen actually, excuse me, took the Bills to an AFC title game, and their next step is now a Super Bowl or at least winning that game. The next step for the for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens is get to the AFC title game. Yeah. Like, has done it already. I love to see Jair Alexander in that top five. I think he's a phenomenal corner uh, for the Green Bay Packers. And I would probably insert uh, Justin Herbert. He was at number six. I would probably put him in that top five after one season. Hell, even Chase Young, who came in at seven, you would probably put in before DK Metcalf, in my opinion. But outside of the outside of the the list is relatively cool. I just don't agree with that number one spot. No, Lamar Jackson should not be number one. I think it should be Josh Allen. Okay. Uh, and honestly, I, I'm i right with you on that, I think. I think if I were making a top five Josh Allen – or uh, yeah, if I'm making a list, Josh Allen is my number one. Uh, Lamar Jackson, honestly, I'm not discrediting him in any way, but I think him, Allen, and Murray, I think based on your opinion, you could put all three of them at number one. I, I'm probably being a little bit of a homer with Kyler Murray being from OU. Most but, definitely. But – He's he's at number three for a reason, and you agree with him being number three. I think I those three guys. I think I think you know whatever your opinion is. I think those three guys are interchangeable at number one. Uh, but I would have Josh Allen at one on my list. Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray would be tough to to place it at two. I'd probably leave Lamar at two. Uh, but but those three guys I think could all be be one, and I wouldn't be upset. I think the main reason for why we think Allen should be one is because he's coming off of a high, right? He just climbed right. to the top this year and he's coming off of that high. Lamar Jackson already had his high and now he's flattened out, right? I, I don't know if Lamar Jackson is necessarily trending downward, but he's, he's flattened out. He's hit that flat spot right now. And he, and he hasn't really shown us much more than what he did on his MVP run in his MVP season. And while we think Josh Allen is still climbing up, you know, if Josh Allen flattens out this year and doesn't do very well, you know, then maybe we're looking at Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen as the same type of player. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think we're looking at Josh Allen as, oh, hey, you know, he's on a climb. He looks really good. He had a great season. Um, so we think he's ahead of Lamar Jackson. And I agree. I, I think he's number one. Uh, but honestly, my last my last words on this topic, you are on the money. DK Metcalf should not be in the top five. Yeah. I have, I I have Herbert probably ahead of him. I have Chase Young ahead of him. I, I mean, if I if I went back and looked at that entire top twenty-five, I'd probably have three or four more guys ahead of him. I think DK Metcalf is at the bottom end of the top ten, honestly. Like I'd put him eight, nine, ten, probably on this list instead of five. Yeah, I, he, he's a hell of a talent. Certainly, he he. I I, I like to think that um, what we've seen from the Seattle offense this year couldn't be upheld, and a lot of that is just DK Metcalf running out of gas late in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, with you know, in that Seattle offense that really struggled heading into the postseason. So, yeah, there's a case to be made that Chase Young, Justin Herbert probably should be in that top five. But let's move on 
to the NBA where the Miami Heat are allegedly concerned about Tyler Hero's personal life. And this is a topic of concern because it was Tyler Hero, the rookie last year in the NBA bubble, who contributed at a very high level uh, as the as the five seed Miami Heat made their way, made that deep postseason run, eventually losing to the Lakers in the NBA Finals. Trey, your thoughts on Tyler Heroes and the Heat's concern about his off the court antics? No, I'm sorry, not antics, but his um maybe his willingness to be an off the court star. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. I, I'm here. I'm here for the Miami Heat being concerned. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't think it's like a. You know, you're concerned about your family member because they're, you know, struggling with struggling with with things in life or something like that. It's not like it's a major concern, but um, I, I'm here for it. I, I think. I think it's. I think it could be a problem. Uh, I think. I think Tyler Hero. You know, while, while it may be fun being a being a you know off the court celebrity and being a star on your social media accounts with her girlfriend. All that mm-hmm. might be fun, but this is a job, man. Like, like this is a job that you are supposed to take serious. Um, no, I'm not saying he doesn't take it seriously, but but this has got to come first. Your actual job, being an NBA player, um, and and coming off of the season he came off of in the bubble, um, in the playoffs, you've got to be focused. I mean, you're young, you're a good player, you can help your team a lot. You've got to be focused, and he hasn't performed. I mean, he hasn't been horrible, but he hasn't performed anything like like what we saw, you know, in the bubble. Right. Um, and I think I think it's worth you know keeping an eye on and for the Heat to be concerned about. I just think you know, hey, focus on basketball first, um, become a star later. You know. Well, look, I, I it's kind of hard to disagree with anything the Heat do. That that is a world world class franchise, certainly one of the best franchises in the, uh, and they've had a great deal of success over the last twenty five seasons. All right. But I think we have to give let's give the young man a break. Like he does play basketball in South Beach. OK, like he yeah, is sure. in Miami, Florida. Right. It, it, <laughs> yeah. look, there are a lot of pretty women on Instagram. Right. They have nice butts and all it. OK, <laughs> just relax. Like the bubble was different for a lot of players. Like we haven't seen the same performance from Tyler Hero. Uh, we haven't seen the same performances from uh, guys like um, the guy that plays for the Pacers who had a really good run. Uh, slipping my name, I mean, slipping my mind right now. Um, there's, um, nonetheless, there are there are guys who haven't performed the same heading back into uh, a, a little sense of normalcy. This, and again, sure. look, he just plays in Miami. It's it, it, the city. You have to be a special type of talent and person to be able to. Excel in basketball in that city and excel off the court in that city. He has yet to find the balance. And we can't I can't really be too tough on him because he's only what 20 or 21 years old. He's still a baby. Yeah. And he and he had a lot of success that rookie season, including his his postseason play in the bubble. I'm gonna cut him a little bit of slack. I don't disagree with the Heat and their concerns, but I'm gonna cut the young man a little bit of slack because I think he is very talented. And it's just going to take more time, more reps. He's been hurt this season. He's not shooting the ball well. And uh, his girlfriend is really hot. So yeah. I would like to be on the beach, too, an awful lot with my girlfriend um, when I'm not playing basketball. Yeah. So, like I said, I don't want to – he is young. Like Actually, like you said, he is young. And, and like I was saying, I don't want to – I don't want to make it seem like I'm making accusations that he just doesn't care as much about basketball because that's certainly not true. But 
you've got to be you, you've got to make sure your head is on is in basketball first. Uh, For this sure. May be a, this may be a bad example, but Dwayne Wade played in South Beach uh, before yep. LeBron got before LeBron got there too, and um, you know he 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 did fine as, as a basketball player and less of a star, uh, and less of a you know celebrity star, but. Like I said, that may not be a good example because we're living in a different time now. Social media is a much bigger deal today than what it was back yes. when Dwayne back when Dwayne Wade was playing for the Miami Heat. So it, it's it's a whole different animal because it's a different time and, and social media make, consumes a lot of what we do now. Um, but I, I think he needs to he, he needs to focus a little more on basketball. Wait wait till you're a guy like D Wade and you've got that popularity and you've got that superstardom already made in the NBA then you can start making movies like LeBron is with Space Jam and, and all that. Right. Um, I think I think he just, you know, solidify yourself first. He's a, he's a great ball player, great shooter, um, and, and I think he's got a bright future. But I'd like to see him solidify his NBA career before he starts becoming an Instagram model with his girlfriend. Right. <laughs> and final word. Look, um, Dwayne Wade, Udonis Haslam was telling stories, and he, he tells a lot of stories about Dwayne Wade. When Dwayne Wade entered the league, he, it wasn't like the Dwayne Wade we see now, he wasn't even half of that when he entered the league in his first couple of seasons in Miami. Dwayne Wade really built his brand to put where it is now over the last, like, five seasons, whether that be his family, uh, whether that be his his clothing line and things like that. Like, his brand has really taken off over the last five seasons. This take is taking Dwayne Wade, even in a city like Miami, in South Beach, a long time to build what he has. Yeah. My advice to Hero, relax. Yeah. And that's kind of hard to do in Miami, I'm sure. But okay. relax, like, your time will come in that city. For, like, just, yeah, I agree. We're trained. Focus on basketball. Focus on playing ball. So we're going to introduce our first um, edition of This or That, another segment Kelvin and I have come up with for this show. And today, for This or That, we are going to decide on a rivalry. Like Kelvin mentioned to open the show, Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady has become quite the rivalry. But now we've got a rivalry brewing in baseball. I think Kelvin and I's favorite professional sport, or at least my favorite professional sport. Yep. Uh, we've got quite the rivalry brewing as the Padres have become a great baseball team and look like they have a great baseball team for the foreseeing future. And then, of course, within their division, they're going up against the great Los Angeles Dodgers who have had a great team for, for you know, multiple seasons now playing in World Series and, and competing in playoffs. So, which rivalry is better, Kelvin? Mahomes-Brady or Padres-Dodgers? I don't – I'm going to choose, and, and I'll go with uh, – I'll go with Dodgers-Padres. Okay. And I, the only reason I will not go with Brady-Mahomes – is because Brady is 2-0 against Mahomes in the postseason, whereas Mahomes is 2-1 against Brady in the regular season. So I won't go there. I'll go Dodgers-Padres for this reason. I think they are adding that excitement that we've been craving for baseball. I think Padres-Dodgers is that excitement. We got the stars. We got the we got the experienced stars, the veteran stars. We got the young stars. We got the up the up-and-coming team with the chip on their shoulder. We got the defending champs, right? We got in-state robbery. We got pitching. We got good fielding. We got top plays. Like, this is what I want from baseball, and I'm, and we're getting it with Padres. Padres, wow. Padres and Dodgers. Like, 
there isn't a team sweeping no one back and forth. I think four games and they're two and two. The better rivalry right now is Padres Dodgers. I think I think I agree with you. Um, I'm very I'm very shocked you went ahead and went with that because it's hard not to you know pick the rivalry that your own team is involved in. Right. Um, but I think I'm going to agree with you. The unless unless with numbers uh, and more with because you started out mentioning numbers um, with with the Mahomes Brady and more with what you just mentioned the excitement of of the baseball series and the fact that it's just coming up you know and, and it's happening right now it's starting up it's getting good um, and and in in, uh, in I can't think of the word I'm trying to say wow I just drew a blank but the opposite of that for the football rivalry, Mahomes versus Brady is on its way out. Right. So yes. we've already seen the good part of that because Brady's in Tampa. Now he's not in the AFC anymore. If they meet each other, it has to be in the super bowl or yeah. that once a year matchup when they play each other, like once every three seasons or whatever that is. Um, so, so they're not, that rivalry's on its way out. So, I think, you know, I think we're less excited about it just because, you know, what if they never play each other again? If they don't play each other in the regular season this year and they don't meet in the Super Bowl this year, Brady might be retiring and they may never see each other again. That rivalry has been fun and it's been great, but I think it's going to have to take the back burner right now because Padres Dodgers is heating up. And like I mentioned, both of these teams are really good right now and might be really good for the next decade. So this this rivalry and, 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 and as to the excitement, it might be the rivalry of baseball for the next decade because no, Fernando Tatis Jr., Cody, Cody Bellinger, all these young kids, young stars, flashy baseball. We're in California, a flashy yes. city in L.A. It's just, man, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun for the next decade. Four games have been played as of today, April 23rd. Four games between Dodgers Padres. Last Friday, 12 innings, yep. where the Dodgers came out on top. Uh, that next day, Mookie Betts with a sliding game-saving catch to end the game, walk-off uh, diving catch. On Sunday, the Padres rally late. And then yesterday, the 22nd, a, what eighth inning, bases loaded, double play to wrap up that eighth inning, uh, which was a, a, a screamer off the bat. Bobble t- gets his, his to second base. Tatis turns Hosmer oh. with a good catch. Yes, yeah, that was a great play. Yeah. That was that was I'm, a great play. Like four games and four absolutely great games. Like this is the this is the robbery to watch across all sports right now. Yeah. And it, I can't say that this robbery rebuilds baseball, but this is a start. And I'm and I'm happy with this start. This is what Major League Baseball needs right now, and I love it. Absolutely love it. My final word on Mahomes and Brady. Uh, like you, I mean, you said it. The only time they can meet now is in the Super Bowl, and I, I, Lord willing, we get a second crack at yeah. these damn Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they caught us slipping. They caught us slipping. Um, my, my coach's son almost uh, shakes his family up for the rest of their life, and we uh, we lose both tackles. And my and my QB has a broken toe and a turf toe, and he has sixteen different injuries, and he's running for his life. <laughs> I pray to the football guys that we see these fools again because it will not be nice. We will stump these guys. But congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, uh, yeah, that's it on that. Sweet. All right, jumping out of the segment, it was recently um, said out loud 
or published, the Olympics will not tolerate or allow any of its athletes to protest um, anything that's going on. They will not allow any kneeling or raising of the fist, any protest of any kind from the American athletes to the Chinese athletes to the um, Brazilian athletes. Show your thoughts on the Olympics, shutting down any and all protests. <laughs> Honestly, man, like I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to be a letdown, but like, I can't, I don't understand it, I guess. Like, it's not, what is it? What is it that they're like? Are there are there are they expecting multiple countries to come in and be protesting? Are they just expecting Americans because of the Black Lives Matter type stuff that we've had over the last you know year with the with the pandemic and everything? Like, what are, are they literally just stopping Americans from coming in and protesting, or are they expecting it to be a much bigger deal and like all the countries coming together? And I, I don't I don't I guess I don't understand why they're trying to stop it. And, and there's so many Olympic events, so much going on. I'm. Like, like, why are they trying to halt protesting specifically, I guess? What's the, what's the, I guess, reason behind it? Well, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I, I, I don't know the reason behind it. I, I really don't. Mm-hmm. But my stance, and this may be, this may be, I don't know, this may be new or shocking. I actually agree with the Olympics here. Okay. Like, over the last five years or at least six, dated back to when Kaepernick first took the nil. That's all we've gotten on our TV screens and our streaming services over the last six seasons is protest, protest, protest. And I'm not opposed to it. But on this grand stage, I could I can do without protest this time because we missed the Olympics last summer. Um, and this we don't get this all the time. I actually can do without the protest. Uh, and I would rather not see not just the American athletes, but the athletes coming from Germany or, um, or, or Australia. I can do without the protests in this Olympic um, come together or this Olympic year. I, I can do without it. And if it happens, it happens. That's okay. We're on the grand stage. What better way, what better you know, opportunity to, to protest than to protest than on this stage? And if it happens, it happens. I can do without the protest protest this go around though. I actually like this adjustment by the um whoever runs the Olympics. Yeah, the the IOC, I think is what they call it, the okay. International Olympics Committee or something like that. But yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, so I, I don't think it's a, a bad move by any means. I just I'm curious what led them to want to say no no um protesting. Um, I, I didn't know if there was like if they were anticipating a big thing, um, a big yeah. protest coming to the Olympics or not. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't think it's a huge issue. You know, like we, we've talked about it before. You know, it, it, it's a big stage. It, it's a good opportunity to get your word out there. And you and, and as athletes, they might as well use that stage that they have that platform. Um, but I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I, I don't think it's a bad thing to say no protesting. Um, yeah. And plus, this isn't. You know, if, if it is Americans, you know, going over to protest and, and to, you know, do the kneeling and everything, this isn't this isn't just American ground. This isn't just American soil. You know, we're going over to Tokyo to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, we're playing in Tokyo. We're playing in a, or competing, playing whatever in a different country. Um, let's let, let's let that, you know, all the things that we're talking about, and we're worrying about in America right now. Let's let that go for a minute. Let's go have fun and compete in the Olympics in Japan. And, let, and let's just forget about you know, everything 
outside of the Olympics for a minute. Uh, yeah. I, I guess that's where I stand in terms of the athletes. You know, let's just go over there and have fun. Um, and yeah. compete. Final word. I, if, if, if you're the IOC, you you have a heavy, you know, your viewership, you're paying attention as to what's going on in America right now. LeBron James has recently came out and he's been heavily criticized for his most recent or now deleted post. Um, more cops are shooting more people. And I mean, we can go on and on. Like if, if you're the IOC, you're looking at what's going on in America and you're like, I don't want this in Tokyo this year. We're like yeah. we've had enough issues over the last two years trying to get this event up and running. We don't yeah. need the protests coming from America and, 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 Excuse my ignorance. Ignorance. I don't know what's going on in Tokyo. I don't know what's going on in Switzerland, and you know what they have going on socially exactly. and in their societies. But I know what's going on here in American soil. And if I'm the ILC, yeah, I don't blame these guys uh, for coming up with this rule. I do not want protests at my Olympic games, and I am not opposed to that rule. That is okay. Let me get an an Olympic event without the protests. Let's yeah. move on to. Our weekly update of Trey's St. Louis Cardinals and my Kansas City Royals. I'll kick it off. Kansas City Royals lost their first series of the season uh, just this just this week as they uh, lost a series to the Tampa Bay Rays. And um, I don't know. There's something about Tampa Bay, and they've just really been kicking our butts this this 2021 calendar year, starting with the Super Bowl and the Buccaneers, and now the Tampa Bay Rays. Rays coming to Kansas City and take the series from us. Nonetheless, the Royals, I think, are at 10-9 and nine after Salvi's walk-off uh, single. And the Royals are starting a four-game series against the lowly, lowly, lowly Detroit Tigers. And I, I really hope the Royals can, can sweep these guys and, um, you know, get back to their winning ways and, and really build on that. But it was a decent week. We started with winning the series against the Blue Jays, losing against the Rays. And we're going the road to Detroit to beat up on these guys. So the Royals look good. Uh, they gave up a lot of runs. Pitching really let us down in this series, in this most recent series, past series against the Rays. Uh, but I, I think we can get back on track, both offensively and defensively, against the Detroit Tigers. Trey, tell me about the cards. How they look? Before we jump into the cards, let's let's uh, let's discuss the Royals real quick, just just a okay. little bit. Doesn't have to go real long, but. Um, I, I think the biggest thing that you pointed out is that your pitching let you down. I, oh, big from time. What, from what I've seen, I think that is going to be your guys' biggest, like, hump to get over, you know, is, is getting that pitching to stay consistent. Um, I think you have enough bats, man. Carlos Santana's got pop. Salvador Perez, Whit Merrifield hits for average. Um, yep. I mean, he, he's just a great hitter, you know, putting the ball in play, you know, so often when he's at the plate. And, and then you've got some other guys that, that have produced with the sticks as well. I think your guys' bats are going to be very consistent. I think you're going to score runs. It's just can you hold the other team to less runs than you? I think that's going to be your biggest biggest uh, hiccup. Yeah, and, um, great point. I mean, the offense, I think the offense will be steady. I think they could be a – I don't want to say great offense, but certainly a really good offense, a good consistent, consistently good offense For sure. this season. Um, pitching, it, it, it's going to fluctuate. We're going to get really good outings from Jacob Junis, from Danny yep. Duffy, and then we're yep. going to get bad outings from those same guys. And then the bullpen, I think we have some quality arms. I think we have some flamethrowers. Um, just try to get those guys to produce better outings, you know, and not give up so many hits and earned runs. So um, the, 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 the pitching will be a struggle, but, uh, you know, we 
But look, we don't have it. It's not like this, this division is all that tough. Like, if we can win games in this division, uh, that would be a good start when we go to places like Toronto or Anaheim or not Anaheim, Los Angeles, just other AL teams. So let's take care of business in this division against uh, relatively decent competition. Or yeah, below yeah. average, at least. Yeah. Not counting the White Sox. Sorry. Yeah, see, that, that's what I was about to say. In, in terms of your division and the play you're going against, the, with the way the season started, we're roughly 20 games in. I think the Royals and maybe the White Sox are my t- only teams that I really think are going to take this division. The Twins yeah. are going to be competitive, um, but the Twins, I'm not I'm not high on the Twins. They're going to be competitive, but I don't think that they're going to be competitive enough to to, to take this division. And, and, and I'm kind of – I'm down and out on the Indians at this point. Yeah, and no, they're done. Um, and, and you've already mentioned the Tigers are a pretty low lowly team. So – uh, with that, we'll we'll jump straight into the NL Central and uh, the better of the two Missouri teams. Uh, <laughs> uh, just kidding, because the Cardinals, I think, are sitting at eight and nine, if I remember correctly. So right right now, we actually are not the better Missouri team. Um, inconsistency on the mound, man. It's it's easy, uh, or not on the mound uh, at the plate. I was I was thinking of the Royals still. Inconsistency at the plate. It's it's easy. Um, We'll, I mentioned this last week. We'll, we'll score 12 runs one day and turn around and score zero or one or two the next day. Um, we we did it again. I can't remember the final score, but we beat the snot out of the Nationals or the Phillies like nine to three or something and then turned around and lost three to two um, and, and blew that game actually in the in the eighth inning by, by giving up a couple of runs in the eighth inning. We had a 2-1 lead, but you just you got to score more runs. Um, sure, you want your bullpen to, to close that game out, and, and that was upsetting to see the bullpen blow it. But you got to score more than two runs, man. I mean, you know, it, not very often, especially in this era of baseball, is two runs going to get you a win just because, I mean, home run is, is you know, it's been at an all-time high. I think it, I think it trended downward last year, but that might have had to do – might have had more to do with the pandemic than it did actually baseball. Uh, but, but the home runs are up, man. The offense is up. You've got to score more than two runs. And – um, like I said, you want your bullpen to close that one out, but our offense being inconsistent has been our main issue. And eight and nine is just not going to cut it. You know, the NL Central is going to be competitive. I think the only bad team in the NL Central this year is going to be the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, the Cardinals are going to have the Cubs, the Reds, and the Brewers to all compete with this year. And eight yeah. and nine, eight and nine will not be playoff baseball, especially when you've got the Dodgers and Padres, who are going to be great teams. And one of those has to go from the wild card. So that already, you know, assuming one of those teams makes the wild card, that already eliminates a spot for St. Louis if they don't win the division. So eight and nine is just not going to cut it. Got to be more consistent with the bats. Yeah, for the cards, unlike the Royals, they've had a little bit like stiffer competition to open up the season. Um, the Reds are got at least yeah, the Reds have gotten off to at least a decent start. The Miami Marlins surprised me. They've gotten off out the gates relatively again at a decent pace and start. Um, yeah. and, you know, in the Phillies, the Phillies, not the Phillies, excuse me, the Nationals, man, the Nats can just pitch their butt off. Yeah. Uh, and it's been like that the last, what, seven, six seasons with the with the Nats. They can just – they just put quality guys on the mound. They crank out quality starts day in and day out, it seems. So, they've had okay. a little bit of stiffer competition uh, than the Royals. Maybe so. Maybe so. Our, our, I think our only series win, actually, is um, when we swept the Marlins, who now, like you said, have actually looked like a decent team. Um, 
honestly, this is another another conversation for another day. But that Jazz Chisholm, man, he looks like he's going to be fun to watch. For my yeah, head. he does. Big show. But yeah, the Cardinals have struggled, man. Like I said, I think we've lost every single series except for that sweep over the Marlins in three games. So um, sure, maybe, maybe competition has a little bit to do with it. But man, it's just it, it's tough to watch a team that that you know can crank out twelve runs and like this is the offense we expected with Paul Goldschmidt and, and Nolan Arenado hitting back to back. But then you have days where you get blanked, and and maybe part of it is facing tougher competition and, and good pitching, but. It's it's hard to watch as a Cardinal fan because we we it feels like we should be better than eight and nine, but unfortunately we're not. Yeah, so here they they, they come home for a home stand. How you think they'll do uh, with this? What I think what six or seven game home stand? What Reds and Phillies? Any chance they win uh, more games than they lose at home just during this home stand? Um, I'm gonna go ahead oh, and say they do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say okay. I'm gonna say they they break out. We we've we've done enough of this back and forth. I I'm gonna say coming home we had went two and four. Um, yep. So so that first home stand was rough. I'm gonna say they they wake up a little bit for this one and and they turn things around and and maybe you know maybe maybe only lose one one game apiece uh, to to these teams that that they host it at Bush Stadium here coming up. There you have it. That's your weekly update. All right. Missouri team, the St. Louis Cardinals, and the Kansas City Royals. Now we're going to wrap up the show with our Friday segment, the segment that I now look to get in the win column in. Uh, <laughs> Trey got the first victory, and he only won the first dad joke because I laughed before he hit me with the punchline. I was already <laughs> laughing. So with that being said, let's get into it. Um, Trey, you won the first one, so I'll let you choose who goes first with their joke, me or you. Um, okay. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll go ahead and start this one off. All right. Um, because I, I'm, I've already, Dad Joke Friday's already grown on me. Um, I'm, I'm already loving Dad Joke Friday. I look forward to it before it's even here. Um, right. so I, I was ready for it this week before it even got here. So I'll go ahead and start us off. And well, I hate to brag, Kelvin. Okay. But cashiers are always checking me out. <laughs> hey! <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> All right. Well, I got a lot. I got a. I don't know how I'm gonna follow that one up, but I'm gonna give it a shot. That's a good one. All right. This this one puts me on the scoreboard, though. Let's do it. Trey. Big time TV. Yep. How many tickles does it take to make an octopus laugh? I don't know. <laughs> Tentacles. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I like that one. Tentacles. Tentacles. <laughs> I think winner me. Man, I think I had a better joke this time than I did last time. <laughs> Do we have someone in the audience to pick for us? So my actual, my studio audience is absent today uh, um, because of COVID restrictions. I am not allowing anybody inside this, the studio today. But okay. you did have a pretty good one. Um, you set that up pretty well, uh, you know. So you know what? I took another L. I am still winless and dad jokes. On Friday, so Trey is two and zero. 
there you have it from the Man to Man podcast. Trey defeats me again. I guarantee a win next Friday. I got to get better with these dad jokes, man. Look, I got to get better. Look, dad joke. No, no. Look, honestly, I loved your first one. I think your first one was better than Tentacles today. Tentacles was good, but I, I loved Eyewitness. I was willing to give you the win on Eyewitness, but you gave me the win that first week. But look, you gave me the win the first week. Mm-hmm. I, I get the win again this week. I Dad Joke Friday is owned by me. Oh you, my god! You went two and zero last week in our competitions last or on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're two and zero in those competitions, but I'm two and zero in Dad Joke Friday. Dad Joke Friday is owned by Big Time TV. Clearly, he's he's, he's getting ahead of himself, but I'll let him <laughs> have it because he's he's the victor. So again, there you guys have it, the Man to Man Podcast. Uh, Trey, another good show, man. Yeah. Yes. Appreciate we'll see you. you guys on Tuesday. Thank you.